0: Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. We, we had a great time this, this weekend. Um, just beginning to kind of unpack and open up just some of the things that, that have happened in our lives and, and just really what I believe Father's doing across the earth. I'll, I'll give you a, a two minute package if you weren't here this weekend. Essentially what, what we're talking about is, is the love of the Father and, and how, how can we live like Jesus lived? I guess would be encapsulated. What, what did Jesus do as he was connected to the Father? We see in the beginning of John that, that John says God was with Jesus and Jesus was with God the word was with the father and and there was this Permanent connection you can't read about Jesus without reading about the father and vice versa And so we looked a little bit at the life of Jesus and how did he live? Jesus said things like in and of myself fully man fully God I can do nothing (laughs) But I only do what I see my father in heaven doing I I only say what my father says the way that my father would say it. So if Jesus says it, it he's saying exactly the same tonation, the same eyebrow lift that the father might say. Jesus says radical things like, "I, I don't even have theology of my own." <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't get all worked up about theology. I I kind of lean on my dad. He he knows some stuff. <laughs> uh, just. We can live. And and Kevin mentioned a little shift in our ministry and and the the shift was just a heart shift. Uh, Many of us work really, really hard and we talked a little bit about treadmills and a God who's a little angry and mad and looking to catch us maybe. But man, when we when we kind of slip into who he is, the Father Theologically, you know that God is good, right? And But that's that statement, God is good, has nothing to do with me. It's easy for me to say it because it's not related to me. God is good for you. God is good for them. But is God good for you? Is Father good for you? Is, is Father loving you right where you're at in your mess right now, today? Yeah, <laughs> to answer the question. He's, he's loving you right now. Like, the difference between God is love and God is loving you right now, massive. And, and it, it forces us to, okay, is he? Where is he? Is he above me? Is he below me? Is to the left, to the right? Is he in me? And if he's loving me, what's the evidence of that? How do I know? How can I show that? And and these are the questions, some of the questions that we we begin to lean into as we look at God as Father. is. He, he says in 2 Corinthians 6.18, I will be a father to you. <laughs> This is God speaking. I will be a father to you. Paul wrote it. He, he doesn't say I'm going to have some fatherly characteristics. I, I do fatherly things. I, I celebrate myself on Father's Day. He, he, he's, he's like, no, no, no. I will be a father to you implied in that little tiny statement. And and then I'm going to go on. But implied in that little statement, I will be a father to you, is I will give you everything that you need. Anything that your mom or dad couldn't have given you because they didn't have it to give. We we understand, right? Ministry, I can only give what I've received. As a parent, I can only give what I've received. Inherent in that is that everyone needs God, (laughs) I will be a father to you in that statement is everything that you couldn't receive from your mom and dad, everything that you may need as a human being, as my son, as my daughter, I'm going to make sure that you have it because I'm going to be a father to you. Implied in that father's, I will be a mother to you as well. But that's, that's a whole nother scary subject. (laughs) I'm going to love you right where you're at. And then it goes on, and you will be my sons and daughters, says Almighty God. Like we could just park there and call it a day. (laughs) He's so good. This morning I'm going to shift a little bit, but that was free. Just, you know, if you didn't get to come this weekend, now you you got it all. (laughs) And we we literally can receive it all. He doesn't need us <laughs> to do anything, but he loves to do everything with us. Hmm. I'm, I'm torn now. <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on with what I th- thought we were going to do. <laughs> we're we're going to look in Mark 5 and and there's there's a story or actually two stories woven one within the other and and I think this morning we can glean some things from this as as we go now now Jesus was was beginning to have some ministry and people started to know who Jesus was and and they were starting to gather where he was and And it says in in verse 21 of Mark 5, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. This word healed is sozo saved, healed, delivered like full healing. When Jesus heals, he doesn't just fix part of the stuff. He, he does the whole enchilada, the whole package. And she will live. So, so Jairus, he's, what's remarkable about this is that Jairus was on the wrong team. (laughs) The, the Jews, the religious Jews particularly, they'd already, Jesus had gone to them and said something like, nobody knows the Father except for me. Not one. So he's speaking to these who have spent their lives studying and understanding the law and, and all its implications. And and he says, Jesus, to them, you don't know my dad. That which the law is all about, you don't even, I'm God and I'm standing in front of you, you don't even recognize it. And so they had determined to kill Jesus for several reasons, but that was one of them. And, and so now, now Jairus, he's got a sick daughter. And and this is how I imagine it. This is not what Scripture says, but this is how I imagine it because I'm a husband. (laughs) And you'll understand as I go, maybe. The people Jairus worked for, Jairus wasn't a priest, but he... He was like the head accountant, maybe, in the synagogue. He was—he had a place of importance in the town. People knew who he was. He would—and again, it's—it's it's like you know, the the Packers and the Bears. Like, there was conflict. Maybe not for you, but I'm a Packer fan. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> just know how to stir up a crowd. I'm just kidding. I love the Packers. <laughs> it's okay. you still like me. <laughs> so this morning, Jairus is getting ready for work, and his wife comes to him and says, Honey, I hear Jesus is coming. If, if you don't bring him back, our daughter's not going to make it. And if she's not going to make it, you might as well not come back either. So whatever it takes, I want you to go find him, and I want you to bring him home. I, I don't, yeah, I don't care about the people at work. Forget about Yeah, uh, protocol, forget that. No, no, no. You're, I don't, you do whatever you need to do, or don't come back, because our daughter won't be here, and I won't be here either. Just forget about it. I don't know what the full motivation behind Gyrus, but that's how I, I kind of imagine it in my head because he does ridiculous things. He breaks every social norm protocol there was. He throws himself on the ground like a child, having a tantrum. It's begging him earnestly, Come on, Jesus, when your come coming. Ah! Like a, a, a Jewish. Man of authority would never and he's on the wrong team. Like he's the guy they're supposed to kill, lay hands on, drag him, and kill him. We see over and over again, they tried to lay hands on, but he slipped away. Nobody laid hands on Jesus. Jesus gave himself. They came to get him, the whole horde of people <laughs> were here for Jesus. Oh, I am. <laughs> Sorry, you guys can get up. You can take me. But you're not going to lay hands on me. I, I give myself. And, and so Jairus, his place in society was really to kill Jesus. Or his team was. And so he throws himself on the, at his feet and he's begging him earnestly saying, Jesus, would you just come home with me that my daughter might be well? And miraculously, I would say, maybe not. And Jesus went with him. Like, he just must have, are you kidding? Really? Really? Like, if it was me, I would have grabbed his hand. I would have tucked him in. Hang on, Jesus. We're going for a ride. They, they were, they were just being, it says here in a minute, they were thronged. Do you know what thronged means? Throng is a crazy word. It's what we'll do is we'll take, We'll take Kevin, and we'll put him back in this corner. We'll move the drums out, put Kevin in the corner, and the rest of us, we have to fit in this little alcove here. And then we'll say to, to Molly, see if you can touch Kevin. That, that's what's about to happen. Thronging is, it's, it's not like you're a crowd of people. It's not like we're in this room kind of scattered around. It is like you're being crushed to the point of almost having no breath. It's, it's a problem, thronging. And, and so, Jairus gets a hold of Jesus, or I would have, I don't know if he did, but he says, all right, let's go. And they start to move through this crowd, and Jesus went with them, and the great multitude followed him and thronged him. So they're just being crushed and pressed on every side. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and we see this number 12, and we know there's a divine stamp on it, and so we, we gotta pay attention. Jairus has a daughter at home who's dying. Probably not going to make it through the day. Jesus says, yes, the healer, this rabbi, this, this, the whole place is buzzing about this guy. And he said he'll come home with him. And then, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but there's this divine delay is what I call it. You know, you, you, you get the prophetic word. You, the resources come in. You, you, you just feel like, okay, this is where things are going. I'm on the track. Everything's cruising along. Hallelujah. God is with me. I love this. You've got some people around you that you just love and you're like, come on, let's do this thing. And you're just cruising along. <laughs> and then you look and the train is off the tracks and you kind of look around and you, are trying to think what happened like i thought it was all working and now it it seems like this huge mess and we start to question was i wrong did i not hear right was that prophet just lying to me or why the money and why why all the confirma- what what's going on you see, Jairus is about to step into this reality of a divine delay, and it, it's, it's quite confusing for us as, as human beings. So this woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years steps into the story. Verse 26, And she'd suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, and was no better but rather grew worse when she heard about jesus she came from behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said if i may only touch his clothes i shall be made well now there's a lot of things going on in the story we've got kevin smashed in the corner molly trying to touch him <laughs> but she's a woman with with blood issues she can't touch a rabbi it's illegal In fact, she's probably, it says she's suffered for 12 years, so she, she can't come even close to the temple, so she's extricated from church. Her, her people around her for sure are accusing her. There's sin in your life. That, that was the normal way of looking at things. If, if you have sickness, there's something wrong with you. You're doing something to make this happen. What is it? Why won't you just confess it? So she's rejected by family. She's rejected by friends. She's kind of alone. And so she took all her resources. She went to physicians. She spent all she had, and she didn't get any better. In fact, she got worse. And she heard about Jesus. He said, maybe, just maybe. If I may touch his garment, I may be made well. And I I don't know how we could try to do this, and it it would be fun to try. To experience, like, have you ever been in a mosh pit? I mean, aging some of us, but, like, just being crushed at the front of a stage is the beginning of what thronging is like. And, And this woman, she said, if I may only touch his garment, She knows full well she's unclean. I I always picture her with like a hood, and and she's just kind of coming in, and she sees the crowd, the thronging, and she just gets down on her hands and knees, and she just starts making her way for Jesus. She goes, if I just touch his garment, I'll be made well. If I just touch his garment, if I just touch his garment, if I just touch his garment... Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction (laughs) The miracle happened Like she fought through and she got the miracle (laughs) hallelujah like um, But there's consequences maybe And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him turned around the crowd and said who touched me who touched my clothes and 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 the the original language would would say that it was sincere he wasn't just saying that to say it he sincerely had no idea who touched him and he's looking around he's saying to the disciples who touched me and the disciples are like, are you kidding me we're being thronged right now everyone's trying to touch you. The whole place wants you. Oh, who touched me? <laughs> and he's, he's looking around in the crowd and this woman who had crawled in and got a hold of his garment. Who touched my clothes? But Jesus said, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. And now the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. You see, Fear comes in. It's like, did I did I do something wrong? I shouldn't have touched him. It, uh, he's a rabbi. I'm I'm unclean. I made him unclean. He can't be a rabbi anymore. And, and it was a one one way conversation, if a dialogue, a monologue rather. She's she's just reaching for him and trying to grab him. And now Jesus, it becomes a two way conversation. He steps in and goes, well, wait a minute, what, what's going on? And, and she's, the first response was fear. Like, what do I do? What, well, like perfect love casts out fear. We, we have this nature, I would call it. And John fourteen eighteen, Jesus says, so the father would have said it. He says, I will not leave you in the state you are orphans, but I will come to you. And what he says, I will come to you. He says, I will come to you as a father <laughs> and your orphanness will begin to dissipate. You see, we live in this reality of orphanness and the only way out of orphanness, the only way out of it is that God himself comes to us as a father. Otherwise, we're stuck in the state of orphanness. But He promises through Jesus, "I will come to you as a father, and I will release love into you, so that you're no longer stuck in." What does an orphan look like? An orphan, there's never enough. What, what? Somebody else gets the anointing. God is good, but He's good for them, not for me. Have you ever been at the healing meeting? You, you fasted, you prayed, you knew you needed something. And you, you know, they, they start putting people on stage and hallelujah. I was in a wheelchair and now I'm walking and, and they start going past and you're like, woo, the anointing's here. Today's my day. And people are going past in the stage and, and you realize that the meeting's kind of starting to wind down and you're waiting for the prophetic call for your, your healing or whatever. And, You know, they're packing up and you're still sitting there like I, I thought today was my day. I needed, I needed God to touch me. I, I need this change in my life. Father, where are you? You see, when we live in this fear of God, when we live in this separateness of him, when he's outside of us and we're trying to bring him near Beloved, (laughs) Jesus says, me and my father, we will come to you and make a home within you. See, he lives inside of us he dwells within us he's not far and distant but he's near at hand and this this woman she's she's just in this this mist of of trying to figure out what's going on she's fearing and trembling she's thrown herself at the feet of jesus and and said this has been a monologue i want it to be a conversation i'm so sorry would you uh, forgive me <laughs> And then look at what Jesus does. He, he, I picture him. He gets down in the dirt. You know, when a child is just crying and they can't stop and, and you're just trying to say, I love you, man. It's okay. He, he picks up her little chin. And remember, if Jesus said it, the Father would have said it exactly the same way. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Jesus says. And He says it like this, daughter. <laughs> Calls her daughter. He goes, you know what my dad says about you? Come here, look at me. Yeah, don't worry about the thronging thing. Look at me. Dad says you're his daughter. And I think all the love that Jesus embodied, the love that had existed between the Father and the Son since before the foundations of the earth, it goes pouring into this woman. She's already been healed. He says, your faith made you healed. But now love comes. (laughs) He gets down in the dirt and goes, daughter, man, daddy loves you. (laughs) That was bold. That was, who are you? (laughs) You're, man, that faith of yours, madness. Oh, he loves you. And then he says, he releases her. (laughs) He says, go in peace. And be healed of your affliction. The Bible never talks about her again that I know of. But man, I can't wait to get to glory and hear her story. Having been rejected by man, rejected by the church, rejected by everyone. And this wild, mad faith caused her to, to crawl through the thronging and get a hold of his garment. But then she encounters Jesus, not just Jesus, but the Father through Jesus, and she's made whole. She's saved, healed, delivered. She encounters love manifest. I mean, come on. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? So, I mean, picture Jairus. He's, He's got Jesus by the hand. He's going through the throng. And then this woman, Jesus stops for some reason. And he starts looking around. Jesus, what are you doing? We got to get going, bro. And Jesus is like, hold on. Somebody touched me. Who touched me? And then this whole healing thing goes on. Daughter sends her off. And and Jairus is like, all right. Yeah, good. Woo, that was good. Let's go. <laughs> and then somebody comes from his household and says, Stop bothering this guy. You got work to do. Your daughter's dead. Jesus can't help you anymore. And what you do, you you need to hire whalers. You got to start making food. There's a whole process that you've got to enter into. And you're an important person. It said back in the day, the poorest of poor would hire like three whalers. (laughs) This is a rich man. He probably had throngs of whalers that would just begin to wail for his daughter on behalf of him. I, I, this next line to me just, it blows my mind. <laughs> Where's Jairus right now? He's, he's looking at the train at the side of the tracks. And he said everything just crashed. It's over. I'm, I thought, this day was going to land one way. I thought the the vision, the the the, the prophecies, the, the money came in. It all was lining up, and we were just cruising down the train tracks, and I thought we were going to get somewhere, and I was so excited because I was going to bring Jesus home, and he was going to meet my wife, and he was going to heal my daughter, and we were going to have a party, and it was going to be awesome. And I don't know what this is. And now you're telling me my daughter's dead. And and I need to go do other things. And the state that we enter into when divine delay enters our lives. Beloved, I believe there's some of us today that even right now you're in that not there, but not where you're going, not where you were, but not that in-between state is the hardest place to live. Like what, what is it? What is it, Lord. I thought we knew what we were doing, we were on the tracks, and now we're in this ambiguous place, and is it dead? Or is something else going on? Is it just a divine delay? I mean, that's most of our question. That, and is God good for me? <laughs> Well, we know God's good, but is God good for me? These are the questions in Jairus' mind right now. But watch Jesus. While he was still speaking, some came and said, "Your daughter's dead. Don't trouble." Like it's just this idea of scarcity, right? Orphans believe that there's there's. Scarcity on, on the earth. We feast in the river of scarcity. We've been trained in the river of scarcity. What we need is the abundance of God. But he's, his eyes are being focused by those around him on scarcity. His friends have gathered around him and they're chanting scarcity. His friends around him are mocking his ideas. His friends around him are saying, you're nuts. Let it go. She's dead. The dream is dead. Why aren't you getting this? It seems very obvious. (laughs) I keep building up to this because I never quite get there. Jesus. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, now literal language says, Jesus, ignoring what was said, he went, la, 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 (laughs) la, la. Say that again. La 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 la. Jesus ignoring what was said. He he didn't even hear him. He's like, oh, you're, you're saying something. La 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 la. And I'm not saying stick your fingers in yours. I know the Misty Edwards song, and <laughs> maybe you don't. Anyway, <laughs> he said to the ruler of the synagogue. He he looks in Jairus' eyes. He says, "Do not be afraid." Only continue to believe. Do not be afraid. Just continue to believe. God, the Father... Through Christ, Jesus looks in Jairus' eyes and says, I know the trains on the side of the tracks right now. And I know there's there's all this noise around you saying, scarcity, scarcity, there's never going to be enough. Who do you think you are to, to demand something from this man? You don't deserve it. <laughs> yes, God is good, but it's not good for you. <laughs> You need to buck up and just deal with circumstances, deal with reality and start walking out that which is before you, which is death. It's dead. Just deal with it, bro. And and in a minute where he's, he's got Jairus is along with this woman had to just have fantastical faith. He had to have. I mean, He's part of this, this Jewish culture. He's part of the synagogue and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus like a little child and says, Come on, would you come home with me? And he says, Yes. (laughs) Do not be afraid. Just continue to believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except for James, John, and the brother of James, Peter, James, and John. Then he came to the house. Of the rule of synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and, and wailed. So the wailers have already arrived. There's there's just this noise going on. And when he came in, he said to them, "Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but only sleeping." So we have this little peek into this divine delay that's happening. And Jesus, God says, "It's not dead. It's just taking a rest." <laughs> there's just been this little delay. Oh, beloved, we don't do well with delays. <laughs> we, we want it now. We want it yesterday. We want our McDonald's. We want whatever it is, but we want it now. Netflix. I don't want commercials. I want it now. <laughs> and Jesus is saying, the Father is saying, there might be something else to this. He's he's pulled apart just a small group. And he said, you know what? This lack of faith isn't going to enter into this radical reality that we're going to step into. Not everyone can walk into it. Watch what happens now. And they ridiculed him. There there is a price for fearless faith. When when you step out in in radical faith, there is going to be a chorus that rises around you. And, and, And the literal word is superior knowledge. What, what superior knowledge is? It's a knowledge of the earth. It's not kingdom knowledge, but it's the knowledge of the earth. The knowledge, the wise, the prudent. They will gather around you and they'll say your dream is ridiculous. It's dead. Who do you think you are? You, you think you're somebody special? You think there's enough for you and everybody else? No, there's scarcity. And the chants begin, scarcity, scarcity, scarce. We could make it nice musical out of this, I think. <laughs> when you reject, you are reject. <laughs> they ridiculed him, and when they had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, and they entered where the child was laying. You see, this fearless faith, what, what Jesus did as he pulled together those who were really with him, he said, la, 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 I'm not listening. I'm ignoring what was said. I'm going to walk with my father. I'm going to trust my father that my father says she's not dead, but she's just sleeping. And, and all the mocking voices, all the crowds that are, are mocking and ridiculing, saying that superior wisdom is far better than the wisdom of God. I'm going to ignore all that. And I'm going to take the few <laughs> and we're going to step into something that's spectacular. Immediate then he took the child by the hand, and again she 's twelve years old, another divine stamp. Jesus, a rabbi, puts his hand on a dead girl again can 't do that. And Jesus has been cancelled twice in one day. Talk about cancel culture he was He was cancelled or should have been cancelled twice. He takes her by the hand and he says to her. Little Lamb, <laughs> my Dad calls you little Lamb. Do you know who you are and And it says she was sozoed, she was saved, healed, delivered instantly, and then jesus says she 's probably hungry. <laughs> Get her something to eat i don 't know the whole death and resurrect process, but Jesus you know he knew some things about that eventually. Children of God, (laughs) we have access. And, and, And Molly and Kevin were talking about it, some of the things that this church is doing. We have access, not to superior knowledge, the knowledge of the world, but we have the wisdom of God. We as sons and daughters... That's our position, son, daughter. We we were placed in son as sons and daughters. We have access to the father, and the father doesn't understand scarcity. The father doesn't understand trains are, are are off the tracks and things aren't looking like they should be. He he sees the beginning from the end. He he doesn't get worked up like we do when things aren't seeming when, when there's a divine delay. Let's just look at Romans 8, and we'll, we'll finish with this. Verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? Verse 37, yet in all these things are, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. <laughs> and then Paul speaks, For I am Being persuaded, even Paul, all that he had and all that he knew and all that he'd experienced, he got this thorn in the side because to keep him from becoming conceited because he had seen so much. He says, I am being persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Beloved, I, I believe there's, there's some of us today that are in this place of divine delay. And, and I believe that the enemy of God would come to you and say, let it go. It's dead. And I also believe that there's a God that says it's not dead, but it's just sleeping. Now I can't determine for you what's in your heart and I can't determine for you whether God's saying it's sleeping or not, but I'm believing that there's some of you here today that, that are in this not where you were and not where you thought you were going divine delay and I just want to say over you and I want to pray over you. Do not be afraid. Just continue to believe. Do not be afraid, just continue to believe. And today we want to, we want to pray for you (laughs) and stand with you in this, this place of, of divine delay. Secondly, there's, uh, I think a group of you that just authentically say, I, I need to know a God that loves me. Like You you understand the theology that God is good. It, it, It makes sense to you. Yeah, God is good. We can sing it. We can praise it. We can lift our hands to it. We can read it. We know where it is in the Bible. God is good. But beloved, is God good for you? And what I want to pray for that second group is just an encounter with the God of love. That he would say to you that I am good, for you. I'm for you. I'm loving you right now. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna have Leslie and Molly and Kevin come up. And we're we're just gonna do this in two ways. We if, if you're in the divine delay right now, th- just come over on this side of the room. And we'll pray for you. I, I believe that there's there's some of you that that superior wisdom that the chant of scarcity has come around you, and and you know that you know that you know that God has called you to do something. It seemed like it was happening, and you're in this moment of divine delay, and you don't know what to do about it. You don't have anyone that will stand with you. <laughs> we want to stand with you today and say, do not be afraid. Just continue to believe. Do not be afraid. Just continue to believe. And the second group of you that I believe, you just need this impartation that God is good for you. He's loving you right now. And it doesn't matter. Nothing matters other than that right now. He, he just wants to give you that uh, what i see it is it's just this growing you know how the the grinch's heart grew several sizes that day remember that but it's it's this container it's 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 where god pours his love it's called storge it's it's a container of love and what it is it's a, it's a reality of the confidence in who god is internally and God, and only God, can put himself, his love, into our hearts. Romans 5, 5. He, through the Holy Spirit, he pours himself, love, into our hearts, into this container, and it's permanent. It's, I love you, I'm loving you right now. And beloved, if that's where you are, come on over to this side, and we'll pray for you. Amen? So Father, we just say you are a good, good Father. <laughs> She knows which side she's on. <laughs> You're a good, good father. Father, say about everything versus what you say about everything. And father, as sons and daughters, we can step cleanly, clearly into your reality. We, we get to walk with you every day. And we get to hear you say, do not be afraid, just continue to believe. Oh, would you just open your heart and let me, the God of the universe, pour myself, my love into you. And as you do, that storge, that that assuredness, that confidence in who I am in you begins to grow and burst forth. Romans 8 says there's a whole bunch of things coming to tell you that that love isn't valid, to tell you that He doesn't love you, to tell you that there's scarcity out there. Beloved, you're not an orphan. I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you in the state that you were, but I will come to you as a father. And as I come to you as a father, I pour myself into you and you begin to take on my nature, my character, my character my thinking superior knowledge is nothing compared to the wisdom of God so father we step into boldly this place of not being afraid continuing to believe that you are good for me Right, right where you are If you're coming up or not It doesn't matter Just right where you are Just say Father I'm, I'm so thankful that I'm your son Father I'm so thankful that I'm your daughter And right now I, I receive your love All the love in the universe is coming for me Thank you Father I thank you Daddy You're good, good, good Father And I receive it as a son Thank you Father Thank you Daddy